Father, we just um, come and bring Donnie before you, Lord. We pray that um, it won't be Donnie that, uh, that speaks, but that the Holy Spirit will speak through him and that our hearts be changed. And we pray that that feedback will go away. Okay. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Trust you all are well. And uh, good to see some new faces here this morning. If you're a guest here this morning, can you just put your hands up? Welcome, a hearty, warm welcome to you this morning. Great to have you here. As you can see, we are a family, and uh, we do things a little bit differently. We celebrate with people. There's newborns. And then, were you guys here when... Yohandre said that you guys are expecting, and so we're super excited for you guys. So let's give him a round of applause. Egan and Tonya. So that's one way of growing the church, and, uh, and God is just gracious in that. And so we're very excited for you guys. Um, I believe you guys have got a great testimony to share as well. One day we'll, can't wait to listen to that testimony. And uh, um, so there's a lot of things happening, birthdays, babies being born, Um, keep Vincent and Bianca and Jordan your prayers, and uh, we're super excited for what God is doing in this time. And so this morning, I'm going to, we'll get to that scripture now, I'm going to be sharing out of Nehemiah, and uh, Nehemiah is a book about Nehemiah asking the king if he can go back to Jerusalem to go and restore the walls and to re- go and repair the gates. And then so, but he was afraid that the king was not going to allow him to go. But then the king sent him off and he even gave him letters and he gave him authority to go and he, and, 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 and he gave him an army actually to go with him. So not only did he allow him to go, there was a backing from, from this king to go. And I want to tell you this morning that whatever you are, whatever you're doing, if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've got the King of Kings backing you. He's giving you the army to go and do what He's called you to do. And, uh, but I'm afraid that COVID has come and the enemy has used that um, to break people's walls down and to burn their gates um, for some people. But even in that, I want to tell you, um, Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Even in this time of the enemy trying to divide the church, trying to divide people from it, to, to keep them separate, and, and, and we can't even hug each other, and we can't, you know, there's a time that we were locked in, we couldn't go visit. Even in this time, God says, okay, I'm going to use it. And He grows the church. We go from 27 congregations to 44 congregations, the quickest growth Josh Jen has ever experienced in terms of churches. People being added to the body. Isn't God amazing? Absolutely amazing. It astonishes me. And then you hear in the world of, of, of things going the other way. So God uses that and He grows the church. But then the enemy comes and he uses it to bring division. And he uses it to break down walls, to burn down gates 
for certain individuals in the life of the church. And so this morning, as we're in this space, I want to use the opportunity, and, and, and this morning is called Working Together God's Way. And uh, Nadia, my youngest daughter, she, early in the week, she didn't have a clue what I was going to share this morning. And she, she ran to her mom, she came and said, Mom, on the TV they said, teamwork makes the dream work. And I thought, okay, God's in this. Yeah, there's confirmation here. Yeah. And it's throughout the work, she comes, she will run and she'll come say random stuff, and it's like, ah, oh, just amazing. And so I really feel this morning that I want you to take this word to heart. It's a simple word, but I want you to take it to heart because God has created us to work together, even in this time, corporately, so that His kingdom can grow and that our walls can be rebuilt, that can be restored, so that we walk in the fullness of what God has for us. We're not called to be divided. We're not called to be ruined. We're called to come together, to work together. The Bible speaks of the body of Christ, a, a, a body, a unit, members with different gifts and abilities. And so I want to just share on that this morning. So before I get to, to, to the Scripture, I'm not going to read everything. It's a long Scripture, but I want to point out some things in that. But the, the gates and the walls in our lives rep- represents spiritual things in our lives. And so the, the gates, what does the gate represent? The gate represents entrance in, in and out, in and out. And it's the same way in our lives. There's, there's people's gates that's been ruined, that's been burned down. It's allowing nobody to come in and, and nothing to get out. But God didn't design us that way. We can't allow people to come in that we trust and share. And, and there's no ways that we're going to grow and, and, and go through the things that we are struggling with inside. Because a lot of people on the outside, on the outside they seem A-OK. But on the inside, there's, the gates are burned. Walls. What does walls represent? Walls represent... Broken walls represents... What are some of the words that you will think that, that broken walls in our spiritual life represent? There's any words that you want to come up? Anything wants to, anyone wants to take a chance? Sorry? Security. Okay. Anything else? Protection is gone. There's like the, the, the barriers are... So the broken walls in our lives also speaks of willful sin. There's people in this time that's gone back because of the separation, because of this fear and anxiety, and they go back and they go and look for things that, that, that they think will satisfy them, or the things in the past that they've stopped doing that's come back. And so then the enemy comes and he starts to break down those walls. Abuse. Maybe somebody's hurt us. Because that's what happens. Sometimes people hurt us and sometimes we hurt people. And then there's walls that's broken down. Hurt. Unforgiveness. Big one. Unforgiveness. Strongholds. Broken relationships. There's a lot of broken relationships. A lot of broken relationships. Grief. I've lost a dear friend a couple of weeks ago. Lost my stepfather a couple of weeks ago. 
And we can't allow the enemy to come in and to come and break down the walls that Jesus has actually come to put up, to build. But in that, we can't do it alone. We, we can't do it alone. And so I want to look at this chapter today and I want to take some points out of it to just in God's Word, how, how we can use God's Word to show that God has created us to work together, not our way, because we will fail, but God's way. So if you can put up Nehemiah 3 from verses 1. Um, and I, I'm going to try and pronounce the names correctly. Okay, for those, uh, these, maybe you must check for a name. If you haven't already got one, you can try and see if you can, if you can find a name in here. And so Eliashib, the high priest, and his fellow priests went to work and rebuilt the sheep gate. They dedicated it to, and set its doors in place, building as far as the tower of the hundred, which they dedicated, and as far as the tower of Hananel. Then the men of Jericho built the adjoining section, and Zakur, son of Imri, built next to them. The fish gate was rebuilt by the son of Hasanah. They, they laid its beams and put the door and bolts and bars in place. And then I want you to, as it continues, I, do, I want you to just take out some key words. Son of Uriah, son of Azok, repeat this next session. Next to him, say next to him. Next to him. Mishalem, son of Berechiah. And carries on, made repairs. And then next to him. Can you see where I'm going with this? The next section was repaired by the men of Tekoa, but their nobles would not put their shoulders to the work under their supervisor. And it carries on. As it carries on, we'll see next to him, opposite him. It's a long chapter, chapter 3. And there's a lot of names in there. And someone once said, God is a great believer in putting names down. That's true. There's many chapters like this in Scripture where you go read, and there's a lot of names. And in the past, I would like get to these names like, oh, I get discouraged and I see all these names and like, sure, should I really read all these names? But then I realized I should actually be grateful and encouraged. Why? Because God puts down our names. And even, you put that second, second one, he puts down our names and he records our names. And maybe we're sitting here this morning and God's busy writing a book with your name in it, which somebody will read of going forward. Our children, in children's church, God's busy putting down their names in a book. And they're going to come through and somebody's going to read about them. They're the next generation, the youth. So, so be encouraged. When you get to a chapter and there's all these names, like, wow, <laughs> God's putting down names. Where's my name going to be? Where's that, how's that going to go for me? It says, God has not forgotten our names. So the central thing around this, what I'm sharing today, is that we need and must seek help from one another. We cannot do it alone. This shows us God, the cooperation that God wants us to work in that framework, to work together as a team. As I said earlier, um, in the New Testament, it speaks about the body of Christ, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, and other chapters. It teaches that believers in Christ are a part of the body made out of many members. Say 
to the person next to you, we belong to each other. That's, there we go. We're getting better at that. We'll, we'll try it again a bit, little bit later. There's two things. When you become a, a Christ follower, there's two things that you cannot say anymore. And the first thing is, you don't need me. You cannot say that. We need each other. God has created us that way. And the second one is, I don't need you. You cannot say that. I need you. You need me. Because God has created us that way. And he puts us into a body where we need one another. That's God's design. Hebrews 13 verses, 5, 13 verses 5 says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So are you alone? No. There's something of a togetherness. God says, I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. 1 Corinthians 1 verses 9 says, God called us into fellowship. Say fellowship. Many fellows in one ship, old saying, but God's called us into fellowship. He didn't create us to be on our own and to say, I don't need you and you don't need me. Say to the person, I need you, next to you. Come. I want to hear you this time. Say, I need you. <laughs> Great. Okay. And so I'm just going to touch on four points this morning. And, uh, and I trust that we'll be encouraged by this. Out of this scripture... The first one is that, I, that as you read that, as you go through the chapter, this one was working next to that one, and they were doing these things and opposite each other. Say everyone. Everyone was involved. Nehemiah went and he called the people together, and he said, this is what we want to do. And all of them, for a period, certain period of time, all of them said, we're in, we're going to do this. All of them, except the nobles who didn't want to put their... Slackers, can we call them slackers? God even recalls the ones that don't want to take up their ministry, right? Okay. But everyone was involved. For a certain period of time, they dedicated and they said, we're going to do this thing. And they worked together, all of them. And I want to say to you today that the ministry of the church belongs only to the leader of the church. Is that right? No. It belongs to Everyone. Great. All right. So you're catching on. Everybody. There's a lot of... I remember 14 years ago when I got saved, there was this whole thing of the, the, the leaders of the church, they there, they get paid, and they're the ones that need to do... I can come on a Sunday, I can come and sit under the Word, I can receive, and then I can go, but the ministry, the preaching, the sharing, the... Um, praying and all of that belongs to the leaders. And God quickly showed me that that's not the way. But many churches around the world, the world today are hurting because of that. Because there's this thing of only certain people, 20% of the church, must do the work. It's not, it's not the way it's supposed to be. Everybody belong, uh, needs to put their hands to the work. Um... If you can go back into Nehemiah 3, verses 1 and 2, just to the first. It says, Eliashib, the high priest, and his fellow priest went to work and rebuilt the sheep gate. 
So it was the priests that was involved. They started the work, and then they started getting everybody involved. Even though there was rulers that started getting involved. There was farmers. There were bricklayers. There were, um, as you go and read on, there's, there's perfume makers that got involved. People from all different spheres got involved. And now, look, a perfume maker, I assume that they would have soft hands um, and uh, don't know what type of work, but they got involved. I, I think if, if I was there in that time, I would have been the one buying and selling the bricks and getting some, you know, organizing stuff because these, these hands, uh, I'm, I'm not good with my hands, but I can, I can buy and sell. <laughs> I can get a good deal. That's right. I can, I can get a good deal. Uh, yesterday I said to Angelique, uh, next year I want to repaint the house on the outside. And she looked at me like, like this. Seriously, she looked at me. I said, yeah, yeah, I wanna, I, I'm going to start. Every weekend I'll do a section. I'll do the front and the side. And then she really tried to hold the laugh. And she was like. <laughs> and then I said, to her, okay, maybe I'll get someone to do it. <laughs> but I'll get the best deal on the paint. And I'll get the best paint. <laughs> and a tile. And, but I, there, I, there would have been something that I, I would, have, would have been able to do. And, and, if, and if, if that failed, I would have got a YouTube video and started using these hands. Farmers, guards, plumbers, everybody, jewelers, pharmacists, merchants, temple servants. You can go read, everybody got involved. Now listen to this. Can you go to verses 12? I, I want to frame this scripture big and put it in, in, against my wall in the house. Where's, where's verses 12? You can go one back. Shalom, son of Halom. Whatever that is, can somebody pronounce that? Aloish, rulers of the half district of Jerusalem repaired the next section with the help of their daughters. I've got three daughters. I'm going to frame that scripture. I'm going to put it up and I'm going to ask them to read it to me every single day. But you know what? Lane, every day. <laughs> The kids got involved. The children got involved. Don't look down on the children. They, they, they're learning about Jesus. And during the week, we continue with them during, and teach them about Jesus. So it's not just the men and the women that got involved. The kids helped. The children helped. Everybody helped. Everybody got involved. It speaks of families. Family unit. So I asked Angelica, she, she speaks about it speaks about the family. Family families getting involved. Not just the mom or the dad or the or the teenager. That's how God designed it for families. Because that's where the ministry starts. It starts in the family. And leadership starts in the family. Because God says, if I can trust you with this, I could trust you with that. Right? Okay. All of them, by the way, were paid to do it. Yes? No? They were volunteers. All of them were volunteers. We've got a great privilege of reaching out in our neighborhoods where God has placed us. You know what I've, what I've noticed? If, if you don't have a ministry, 
something that you're doing, that you're serving, and there's very little excitement in your life. Because that's how God created you. It's like, uh, so, but Donnie, how do I know what is my ministry? Get involved. Start somewhere. Do something. That's what God created the church for us. How do I know what my ministry is? How do I know what my gifting is? Uh, many of you had heard my testimony. When I got saved, I was like, okay, where can I help? Where, where's help needed? Where do, we, where do I need to serve? Sound desk. Okay, projection. I don't know nothing, but I'm going to learn as I go. I'm not an expert in it. Vaughn is the expert. He came and took over, and he ran with that thing, and I don't, I've got not a clue what's going on here. I wouldn't even know where to start to plug in stuff anymore. But I used to do it, because it was simple. It was one cable, one this. It was one of everything. Now there's plenty of everything. But I started serving somewhere, and then children's church, and then this, and then mission trips, and then just as I went along, and, and, and God just... At that time, I never thought, because I would stand in front of people today and share the gospel. My biggest fear, public speaking. My biggest fear. But I went to Madagascar. God, what am I doing here? I don't know what to do. Share your testimony. Share my testimony. People get saved. Miracles happen. People get healed right in front of my eyes. Unbelievable. That won't happen if you don't start to serve somewhere. And in the church, there's many places that we can serve. We've got the sound. We've got the AV. You know what? We've got children's church. We need teachers desperately to teach the next generation so that they don't get lost in this world that we're living in. Amen? Amen. All right. So, Leon and Jackie, why don't you stand for us, please? There we go. Get some exercise. Anybody wants to get involved in children's ministry, it's easier than you think. If I can do it, surely you can do it. Go and speak to Leon and Jackie, and we'd love to have you. Even if you're like, no, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, just one Sunday, go and sit in. Just go and sit. It's fun. The kids have fun. The teachers have fun. And And they're never alone. Thank you. You can sit. Thank you very much. All right. Are you encouraged by that? Everybody's thinking, ooh, what am I going to do next? <laughs> okay. The second one is they worked together. All through the account, you will find the, the, the words next to him. Worked so-and-so, and next to them worked others. They took, they took not, note not only of the workers, but also, as I said, the ones that were slacking. So if you don't take up your ministry... Your name goes into a column, and somebody else gets used in that. God has got something for each and every single one of you. And you must ask God, God, show me. Let me start to do something. Let me get, I want to I walk into everything that you've got for me, especially in this time. There's a dying world out there, and the enemy is using this COVID thing to cause chaos and destruction. And even in that, we see that God uses it for the good of those who love him. Amen? All right. Ecclesiastic 4, verses 9 to 12. And this is why 
We're not created to be alone. Say two are better than one. You don't get better scripture than this. <laughs> two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Do you know how many people is falling out there? No one to help them up. It, and, and, it, and it can't just be left to a certain few that we think that they are the ones that... No, let me go. Even it's just let me go and encourage them. Let me send a WhatsApp. Can I bring a meal? Is there something I can help with? Can I, can I come and mow your lawn? You're Andre. Would you have been able to move alone on Friday? Glatty. I mean, I see you, carry, you can carry all those couches by yourself and those big trampolines. And the, I, I never thought so many stuff can come out of one home. <laughs> oh, you say a small house. No, that's just... That's <laughs> they're laughing there. And when I stopped there, they were already on the second load. I thought, yo. And there was... How many cars? Five, six cars there. But he wouldn't have been able to do it on his own. And Peter, and where's Peter? There we go. And Egan, they took leave. They put in a day's leave. Or half a day, a day, whatever, to go and help. Well done. I want to I publicly commend you guys, well done. Because that's what, what working together looks like. Angelique, want to take us? <laughs> to give the date so the people can put in leave already. <laughs> oh, no, I must, he says I must first paint out. Sorry, yes. We'll set a date and then you can put in leave. <laughs> no, but, but that's... Do you see where I'm going with this? Everybody work together. Uh, sorry, I wasn't finished with that. This is a good one. Also, I, I want to read this to my wife every day. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? If you are married, keep each other warm. Hey, Lou, good to see you. <laughs> hey, Lou's smiling. He's like, he's like, yes. But can you see how, how what's the right word? How intense God's word is to a place where, where it speaks of intimacy together. When God created the world, did He create it alone? No. God, when it started, when the Bible says God, the Holy Spirit, God, they were together, working together. When Adam was created, what did God do? Eve. Eve came. So that they can't be alone. And as you go through Scripture, when Jesus came, did He work alone? No. He got the 12 disciples. They were weird oaks, man. They were from all different fishermen and tax collectors. And Can you imagine those guys working together? No. But Jesus and he calls them to work together. And I look like Paul. I mean, he's persecuting the Christians. And he comes and that thing turns around and he uses his drive 
for the gospel. In that, um, I just want to get to that scripture again. Verses 13, if you can go to verses 13, Nehemiah, verses 13. It says, the valley gate was, re- was repaired by Hanan and the residents of Z- Zenoah. They rebuilt it and put its doors and its bolts and its bars in place. And then it says, they also repaired 500 yards of the wall as far as the Dunga. Also. So what did they do? They went over and above. They did what was allocated to them. When they were finished, they went and they, they helped. I want to say to you this morning, God didn't only call you to your ministry. When you excel in that thing, you go and serve elsewhere. Where's Lindy? She outside. I said this morning to somebody, I don't know, as I said, I said, yes, Lindy, she's on the bass guitar, she's on the drums, she's on keyboard, she's on, she just, all that we still need you, Lindy, and I know, I know that's going to be possible, but it's in children's church. <laughs> then, then I'll be impressed. <laughs> well, well she's, she's getting, well done. She's, But they also, don't just focus on when you excel in what God has called you to do. Then go and, there's an also to help and repair and rebuild. Um, so there's a lot of people that think, oh, my ministry is prayer ministry and that's all that I can do. No. I can also go and help somebody move. I can also go and take a meal to someone. I can also do, you understand where I'm going? What's that? Okay. <laughs> All right, so the third one is they worked near their home. Look at verse 10. It says, Jediah made repairs opposite his house. Verse 23 says that um, there were men who made repairs in front of their house. They made repairs beside their house. Verse 30, there's one oak that's living in quarters. It's called Chambers. He must have been a bachelor. But it says... And he's an apartment, he he so he had, must have, didn't have family, and so he must have worked in front of his house. And so, so what I want to get with this is, God has placed you strategically where he wants you. So I want to encourage you this morning, if you're sitting here this morning, and you, you don't know if I'm supposed to be here, you're here for a reason this morning. God has placed you here this morning, to hear this message for a specific reason and you know what that reason is and God will reveal it to you if you don't know what it is. But He strategically placed you here. And He also strategically placed you where you are now. Maybe you've made some bad decisions and you've ended up where you are now, but now God's saying, okay, let's, let's work all these things for your good. And now I want to use you. Why have I placed you at this address where you're now? Why have I placed you at this work where you're at now? And how can I use you where I've placed you? He strategically placed you there. In John 15, Jesus said to his disciples that he had appointed them. And appointed means strategically place. If you appoint something, you strategically place them there to do something specific. And so I hope you're encouraged by that today. 
you're wondering, I don't know if I'm where I'm supposed to be. Maybe you are sitting here this morning, you're thinking, I don't know. I don't know. You go and speak to somebody in this body, and you go and ask questions, and you work together with them, and you ask the Lord to show you, Lord, what is it that you want me to do now? Where do you want me to get involved? How can I go from this place forward so that I can be used for your glory? Amen? All right. Lindy, if you can come to the... See, she's, she's always everywhere. Well done, Lindy. The fourth one. Each one completed the task that was assigned to him. They kept on until it was finished. Until the walls were, were built, the gates were restored. If you go and read through that chapter, you'll see it goes into how the gates... There's a, the, that in itself is it's a couple of sermons. But how each one was appointed to the gates and how it was being restored and how they worked together to do that. But each one completed the task, except for the nobles who didn't put their hand to work. Except for them. I've learned through the years that responsibility, say responsibility, not popularity, is always the mark of spiritual maturity. And the most mature members in a congregation are those who stay at the work that has been assigned to them until it is done. Paul speaks of the race and how to finish that race, to finish it strong. I see many leaders falling away from the church who've led thousands and thousands of people to the Lord over this last couple of months, just denying Jesus. They've got thousands of followers. So it was a mistake. And they fall away. How? Because they don't know how to finish the race. They didn't work together. They didn't follow God's design to work together the way He intended it to be. And they fell into the trap of the world, into this division, this this broken walls. God has called you to finish strong. For some of us, we only need, we're starting to get going now. We're going to get going, but we're going to work together and we're going to continue and we're going to keep our eye on the finish line so that we can finish strong. We've got mature leaders in this church. Roland and Patty, I see them finishing strong. Russell Fraser, he got very sick. And he's strong. He's in there now. He's going for it. What about Will Murray? There's a, this weekend, the 18th, there's a um, teacher's gathering and the coordinator's going to get together and they're going to stream and the teachers are going to be in the homes and they're going to fellowship. Guess who's there? Will Murray. He's going to be there. Encourage the teachers. 
Lou, I'm, I'm sure you ever see people and you wonder how strong they, they're going to finish. Go and speak to Lou. He'll tell you many stories. And that's my encouragement to you today. God's design for the church to work together is totally different to the world. Because if you do it the world's way, your life will fall apart. Go and read through the scriptures. Go and see the names that are recorded and let that encourage you to work, the way, to work together the way God has called you to. You can't do it on your own. We've read about that. If you fall and there's no one to help you, but teach you that person. So I want to encourage you this morning. Ask God to show you this week who needs help. God, show me. Who can I encourage? Who can I pray for? Who can I take a meal to? Who can I go and help with some, someone, something? My friend that lost, that, that lost his life. His wife and his two daughters. I can tell you now, if it wasn't for the church, I don't know where they would have been. That assisted them. They were immediately there, helping, assisting, family, friends. Can you imagine if there's no support? No church. No community. No one. And in that, the other thing I want to say, if you're here this morning and you need help, I want you to be brave and say to somebody, I need help. My walls are in ruins. My gates are burned down. Let's pray. Everybody's eyes closed. Is there anyone here this morning that have heard the message and you feel like that person? You feel there's no way out. You don't know what you're going to do. My walls are ruined. There's so many things in my life that I'm struggling with. Unforgiveness, hurt, abuse, strongholds. And I don't know what to do. But I, I need Jesus. If that is you this morning, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, with our eyes by down, I just want you to lift your hand. I, want, I would love to pray for you and with you after the meeting. Is there anybody here this morning? Wow, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just with that, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for you now and with you. And in your heart, just between you and the Lord, just say the following, Father, I come to you this morning. There's broken walls and broken gates and ruined gates in my life. But I'm coming to you this morning. And I accept you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. I acknowledge that you have died on the cross for me so that I can live. And that you have raised from the dead. And now I can raise with you in a new life and live the life 
that you want me to live. Thank you, Jesus, that as of this moment, I am a new person. And that you will help me to restore the walls and the gates so that I can fully walk in that which you've called me. In your precious name, amen. Father, we thank you for one more life this morning. We, the, the, the angels are celebrating, and we're celebrating with him this morning, Father Lord. We glorify you. We lift up your name on high. One more for the kingdom of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And then for the rest of us, if you're here this morning and you've heard the message and you want to grow in working together to accomplish what God has called us to do, I want you to stand. I'm standing and I want to continue to grow and accomplish what God has called me to do. Father, I thank you for the response this morning. I thank you for your grace, your kindness, your love, and your sternness, Father Lord. And Father, you see the people standing this morning, not just physically standing, but in our hearts, Father, we're standing and say, Father, we want to grow in working together, not the world's way, but your way, so that you can be glorified. Father, show us, show us how to work together every single day, how to put our hands to the work, how to walk in our ministry, how to grow, how to teach our children, how to teach the single people, how to teach the youth, the young people, to walk in the fullness of what you have for them, how to grow in our marriages, how to walk together so that you can be glorified. We thank you for that in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Trust you guys.